Hello and welcome to the Educators Game Podcast. My name is Seth Tripp and today is Friday, July 20th, 2018. I hope everybody had a great week. We've been pretty lazy here so far in the Tripp household, but we've enjoyed being home nonetheless. Rachel and I are participating in the Kabaz Classic Beanbag slash Cornhole slash whatever you want to call it tournament tomorrow with my friend Kevin Haar and some other friends. Kevin was on episode 2, 8, and 9 of the podcast, so you've heard him before. He's a great guy, and I look forward to Rachel and I winning the cup this year. Thank you for listening to the podcast. We are available on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, CastBox, and on Spotify. You can like us on Facebook at Educator Escape, or follow me on Twitter at Educator Escape. And now, as of Thursday night, you can also get more multimedia content, such as quote pages and things like that, and insights into interviews by following the new page on Instagram at Educator Escape. So go check that out. Last time on the podcast, Melissa New, who is a now stay-at-home mom but former band teacher, joined me. I hope you go check that out. Today, English teacher Brian Bergoin joins me to discuss his time as a teacher in Korea, moving back to the U.S. and battling through MS to be an incredibly inspirational teacher at Winfield High School. I split it into two parts because it was just too great of an interview to limit to half an hour. Here is part one of my interview with Brian Bergoin. started in the like quote-unquote serious questions i do kind of like a little i kind of like get to know you kind of kind of round is that cool yeah that's fun okay all right i asked this to everybody because it's a st louis question where'd you go to high school <laughs> i went to duchenne high school in st charles okay so it's the uh the catholic prep school uh, near the library what is the last movie that you saw in theaters? Mm, which one was that? Uh, it would have been right before my wife left uh, Ocean's 8. Ocean's, Ocean's 8? How was yeah. that? It was entertaining. You know, I mean, overall, it's, uh, I, I mean, I wasn't looking for anything really deep. But, I mean, it was, uh, it was a fun movie, you know? I mean, I like the, I like the actresses. I mean, everyone from uh, Sandra Bullock... Uh, to Anne Hathaway and everybody. I mean, it's it's a good movie. I enjoyed it. Okay, I was curious. I think that was one of the ones where we're like, we're gonna wait until it gets to DVD sure. before we go. Oh yeah, I I understand completely. Yeah. I understand. But no, it was fun to watch. Cool. All right. Favorite cool. summertime activity. Oh. Uh, outdoor activity in general. Out, outdoor activity in general, uh, probably barbecue. Barbecue? You, are you a, a gas guy or are you a charcoal guy? Uh, charcoal or hardwood, if I can. Hardwood. Okay. Yeah. Charcoal the, or hardwood. I just got the charcoal this year, and my wife has always grown up with gas, and she's not patient enough for it. <laughs> so. Yeah, I understand. So nothing ever seems to get as hot as I wanted to, because she's like, "Let's go! Everything else is ready." Yeah, and that's uh, and that's why I always like uh, the hardwood stuff as well, or even the lump charcoal, because once that stuff gets going, uh, it it burns hot enough without a doubt. I've been figuring out some of that stuff too. There's this quick burning, a quick burning, quick starter 
stuff. I can't remember who makes it, but I found it and it's it's a it's a lifesaver. There you go. <laughs> All right, last last vacation that you took. Vacation. Oh, wow, that's a. I guess the closest thing I think would have been uh, to a vacation that I actually took, like where I left to go somewhere, would have been to go visit my wife when she was in Palestine. Is that where your yeah. wife is now? No, she's on her way to Afghanistan. What does your wife do? Yeah. Teaches English. She teaches English as well. Okay. Yeah. Is that yeah. that's that's pretty cool? Wow. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, she's a. Uh, we we met while we were over in Korea. Then that's where we got married. And then uh, on her way home, she found a job with the uh, U.S. State Department, and that it was a fellowship to go teach English abroad. And she ended up in Palestine for a year, which was fine. And then uh, she came back here for a year, and uh, she was a para at the Zumwalt School District. And even though she's got a master's degree, you know, certifications out the wazoo, the most that she could find around here was a para job. And then, uh, feeling. yeah. And then uh, recently it was she got this offer from a. Uh, a private contracting group, and they were like, hi, want to go to Afghanistan? <laughs> and she's like, yeah, sure, why not? It's, it's wonderful this time of year. <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, it's, you know, 110 degrees in the day and, you know, 40 degrees at night. Yeah, it's it's, it's wonderful. <laughs> well, that's, well, that's cool. That's a cool... Like you were, you guys met. So you guys taught English together at the same school in Korea. Are you like in a fellowship program together? Uh, no, actually, um, oddly enough, uh, we met at one of the foreigner hangouts. Actually, okay. uh, we met. Uh, the funny story: we met twice. Okay. First time uh, we were in one of the local hangouts bar called Speakeasy, owned by an Irish guy. I was there at the bar, you know, just after work, you know, meeting up with some friends. And this woman comes over, starts talking to me. And I'm thinking, wow, this is going really well. And I turned around. And at the time, I was still a smoker. And I lit up a cigarette. And I turned back around. And she disappeared. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was like, well, huh. (laughs) (laughs) And then, uh, yeah, even the bartender was like, oh, I thought you had a chance there, man. It's like, uh, thanks. <laughs> thanks, buddy. Uh, and then about six months later, I quit smoking uh, not too long after that. Uh, six months later, we were at uh, one of the other places, and a friend had come up and like, hey, Brian, you got a light. And I was like, uh, nope, nope, quit smoking. And then out of nowhere, she appears again. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, oh, okay. And there it was, you know, the rest is history. Yeah, cool. Is she always so subtle with her with her hints? Not so much. <laughs> there's no there's no subtlety there's with no, my wife. No. Right, I got one one last question for you. So okay. I have to ask this because you're the English teacher. Okay. And I'm not going to limit it to just books. Well, what is your favorite piece of literature writing? Not just for school, but just in general. Wow, tough question. A lot of it comes down to... Oh, wow, man. You had to go there, huh? 
it's a tough call. I mean, when it comes down to it, I'll forever, uh, I'll forever enjoy the Great Gatsby, just for the uh, you know the sheer complexity of everything that's in there, the emotions that it evokes from people, and I love to, I love to see that, and I love to see people read it, you know, for the first time, and when it comes out, it's always been a great, uh, I've always been a great fan of that. Without a doubt, <laughs> it's, it's 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 hard though to you know to kind of stop you know there and say yes this is this is the the limit because I mean you jump into you know any number of other things uh, Walt Whitman still without a doubt you know one of my favorites anything by him stretch out into other uh, you know other genres even uh, you get into the uh, the fantasy series anything by Brandon Sanderson. I mean, here's a guy, I have no idea where he comes up with this stuff. And yet at the same time, it's not your your classic, you know, any of the classic tropes in there. You know, it's brand new and fresh. And it's like, thank you. I'm, I'm glad to see that people, you know, you're you're expanding your minds out a little bit. And then, of course, you know, if we go into nonfiction, uh, and there are guns, germs, and steel. You know, I mean, you want to know why things have happened the way they have in the past 200 years. <laughs> you know, there's the book to read. Right. You know, there it is. So it's it's really a, a tough call to try to figure out, uh, you know, like when you say, you know, like, what's your favorite? <laughs> God, I, no, favorite I got you. No, I asked, I had an interview with a band teacher the other day, and I asked yeah. her what her favorite musical was, and I pretty much got the same answer. <laughs> so I can understand that. Yeah, so I think I, I might need to like sh- shorten the purview of the that question. I get you. So t- tell me about your journey to where you are as a teacher now. I know you started off teaching here in the U.S. and then went overseas, and then and now you're back again. So tell us kind of a little bit about that journey. I mean, it was a tough kind of decision because i mean it's like when i got into when i got into school originally teaching was the furthest thing from my mind you know and i mean i like to tell people i joined uh, i became a teacher because of pizza i was trying to stay awake during a psychology class at the first college i attended which was wabash college in indiana and they were just starting their teaching program and we had a guest speaker come in like oh yeah we're starting our teaching program i was like yeah good luck with that and then they're like, yeah, we're having our first meeting today, 1230. We'll be serving pizza. I was like, I will be there. <laughs> <laughs> you know how it is, man. I mean, when you're That's, a freshman, yeah. you're, you're, you're scavenging for whatever, you know, free food you can find. And uh, got there. I'm eating pizza and stuff. They're talking about it. And I was like, yeah, sounds great. Uh-huh. Yeah, keep talking. <laughs> and then, you know, I mean, the more they talk, they're like, hey, you know, go uh, – you know, hey, sign up, get some extra credits, you know, if nothing else, go do some observation and go help. I was like, yeah, all right, why not? You know, it's, it's cool. And my first assignment was a, uh, uh, a local kindergarten class about two blocks away from where I lived. And man, I tell you, that was it. You know, I was like, this is pretty cool. You know, this is pretty cool because I mean, the two kindergarten teachers, uh, that would be Miss Caitlin and Miss Jennifer. I never knew their last names, was... <laughs> <laughs> but they were, they were glad to have me in. They showed me the ropes and how things worked and, and that was it, man. And after that, I transferred into, uh, UMSL where they actually had a full on teaching program, you know, education program. And, and there it was. Yeah. Orchard farm for uh, five years, a great experience there. Great experience. It's good school, good school district. Right. 
And uh, some friends had, uh, I had worked with uh, with the Boy Scouts were all like, oh, well, you should really try teaching in the city. Yeah, okay, I give it a shot. I uh, lasted about one year. Yeah. <laughs> lasted about one year. It was tough. I mean, yeah. don't get me wrong. That's that's tough. And I've got great respect for anybody who uh, who does that year after year. Because it's, I mean, it's rough. But at the same time, the teachers there were top-notch. And I think a lot of times people, uh, when they're teaching down the city, I think a lot of teachers there get, like, kind of bad reps. It's like, oh, you're teaching in the city. What are you, you know? Like, why are you there? Right. And, and, you know, you realize that a lot of the teachers there, because they want to be there, they choose to. And they're actually some of the best teachers I'd ever worked with, mm-hmm. you know? About, gosh, I guess that would have been March. Uh, a friend of mine had contacted me saying that uh, they were looking for uh, teachers in Korea and that since I had a master's degree, I should really check it out. They were like, I talked to them first. They're like, yeah, we'll fly you over. Okay. We'll give you an apartment and, uh, we'll pay most of your bills. And here's you, this is this. Um, I was like, okay. <laughs> and to be perfectly honest, I mean, it was the idea of, let's see, stay where I was or have a chance to go on a new adventure kind of thing. And I went with the new adventure. You know. How old were you at the time? Oh, gosh. Must have been 28. Okay. Yeah, about, I want to say about 28, yeah. Was it kind of like one of those, also, I don't know if I'm ever going to get another shot at this. Yeah, so it was. Give it a shot. Yeah, it was like, you know what, I can't, you know, I can't turn this down. It was, I mean, come on, they're, they're paying all the bills and flying me over. Like, yeah, why not? Yeah, go for okay. it. And my family was very supportive and said, yeah, yeah, Brian, go, go, you know, do it. So no issues there. Uh, I got over there and the first school I was at was a teacher training facility. And it was really an eye opener on things because you realize that in Korea, they treat teachers with respect. Uh (laughs) Uh, I mean, when you tell Pete, when you tell someone over there that you're a teacher, the look of respect in their eyes changes dramatically. I mean, it's just like, oh, you're a teacher. Wow. Okay. Teachers over there, I mean, they'll they'll go straight through uh, their training. And uh, someone will go on to get their master's degree before they'll even start teaching. Mm-hmm. But they also have one shot to take their teaching certification test. Oh, my goodness. One shot. After that, you fail it. Sorry. You are not a certified teacher. That is insane. Yeah. Yeah, it is. But, I mean, that just goes to show, like, what they really think of it. You know, it's like, if you're a certified teacher, you're good. After that, I mean, you can be a non-certified teacher, but your job is year to year. You don't know if you're going to have a job after that. Certified teachers are guaranteed a job for life. Wow. Yeah. That's that's so counter to the United States. Yeah. And you'll, I mean, I hear about, I think, trying to remember the country. It's one of those Scandinavian countries. Finland. It's Finland. And it's, it's harder to become a teacher there than it is to become a doctor. And then they yeah. pay you like the equivalency of like $90,000 yeah. a year coming out of oh. school. But, but, but it's because it's so, such a rigorous yeah. program. It's so, a, it's, 
it's a rigorous thing. Uh, let's see, uh, Finland, Denmark, a lot of the Scandinavian countries actually tend to have that kind of kind of thing. But also, I mean, they recognize the fact that it's like these are the people that are going to be raising, helping us raise our future leaders. Exactly. This is important. <laughs> so they back it up with. Oh yeah, no, and and that's the other thing is the um, uh, there's the community sort of support behind it. I mean, there's no questioning the teacher if the teacher assigns you something. It's like, yeah, you do it. And the parents even a lot of times have your back more than the they kind of like how they used to here. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's uh they've got your back without a doubt. Okay, so, so tell me about your time in Korea. What was what was that? Like how's you already talked a little bit about it, but mm. what are some of the the differences between teaching here in the United States? Because you got a a good taste of it before you yeah. left, and then yeah. and now you're and now you're back. We actually spent more time overseas than you did in the yeah. United States. Pretty so much. I guess first off, which did you which do you like more? And then second, what are kind of like the differences? I know each has their pros and their cons. But... They do. They really do. Let's see. I want to say um, I didn't have the, the I want to say the traditional sort of experience over there that I think a lot of other people did because I started off at the teacher training facility and then after that I was at Chosun University, so I was teaching a lot of university classes over there, which was good. really enjoyed teaching at the university and really had the opportunity to. Uh, uh, to kind of build up the, their ESL program there. In the first year, we raised test scores by 300%. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Wow. wow. Uh, oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, we were uh, we were really proud of that, uh, getting that going. You know, so I want to say, you know, so, so I was dealing a lot with uh, more of the university students at the time, less uh, with the uh, school-age elementary, middle, high school. Right. I was familiar enough with the program to let you know it's kind of the – Korea takes education seriously. I've touched on that a little bit mm-hmm. on this. I mean, but when I say they take it seriously, when you start school, that is what you do. Your day starts at 8 a.m., maybe, maybe earlier, and it's going to go until 9, 10 o'clock at night. Daily? Yes. Okay. And then half days on Saturdays. Oh, my. For for university level, no no no, that's uh, middle school and high school. Middle school and high school. Cool. Yes. So they're at, are they at a physical building for twelve to thirteen hours, or is that just how? Sometimes. Many? Okay. Sometimes my wife, uh, when she started teaching over there, she was at a middle school. She said that with the middle school, they'd finish up. Her day finished at three, but the students. We're not done yet. There were after-school programs, a ton of those. And when I say after-school programs, I don't mean extracurriculars. I mean study programs. Mm-hmm. They're going, oh, well, we have uh, the math program over here, the history thing here. I mean, languages, you name it. And then they'd go into, uh, after that, they'd probably stop off, grab some dinner somewhere, and then they'd go to their... Uh, I guess you could call them kind of like Sylvan Learning Centers kind of things. They were okay. going to what you call, uh, they call them academies over there or hagwans. Okay. And it's our private tutoring, basically. And they'd go continue on. And they'd get home by 10 o'clock, do their homework, go to bed. Next day, same thing. 
it's a wonder that we've fallen behind in the world. Yeah. And in our rankings because we get done at you know 245 and you might have something you might have you might play a sport there might be an academic team that you're on but that's but you also you also have to look at it in the sense that students over here a lot of times i mean when you're talking about a job or something of that nature you know a lot of times they're they're going to work because the family needs it right you know there's a there's a difference in that Mm mm-hmm uh, over there uh, in Korea, it's like no, 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 no. Don't worry, we'll figure it out somehow. Mom and Dad will work hours and hours and hours just to make sure. You know, I mean, they'll they'll stress themselves out just to make sure the kid or kids have you know a proper education. But I mean, also though, I mean, that's also the whole thing of like teachers over there. They are completely dedicated to to the education ideal. There is no second job for a teacher over right. there. <laughs> that 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 uh when i told people that the first time i was like oh yeah i used to you know work a couple of jobs extra and stuff they were dumbfounded they're like but you're a teacher and i was like yeah <laughs> <laughs> but i mean that i mean that just goes to show you know it's just kind of the idea of like the whole country of korea really puts itself you know towards that towards educating their young even so much so that uh they're uh, academic test, their SAT, they only take it once a year, but the whole country takes it on that day. So much so that they will tell you, they will send out things like, oh, hey, by the way, it's December, let's see, I think last year it was December 16th. Like, it's December 16th, just to let you know, uh, the tests are tomorrow, so nobody should be on the road tomorrow uh, before 8 a.m., it's like a whole like countrywide effort to educate the next. Yes, youth. the only people that were allowed on the roads were taxis and buses, so that they could actually get the students to their testing centers on time. So would would there be any sort of government resources used to help students who couldn't get to school? Yes. Get to school? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. If they needed it. If there were any things, there was one kid I remember, I remember watching this specifically. I was out uh, walking my dog at the time and <laughs> sure enough, some kid woke up late, you know, and you can see him running down the street. The police saw him, picked him up, turned on their sirens and booked him to his place. Oh my goodness. They're like, no, 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 no. We'll get, you know, they're like, yeah, yeah, come on, you know, get in. And like, kid jumped in the car and they took off, man. They will even, they will even halt air traffic for the audio portion of the test. So there's no sound. So there's no distractions, no anything. Just, wow. They, they even tell you, don't, don't go to work before nine o'clock because, I mean, they don't want, anything to distract people okay i mean man it's the that's the thing you know it's like no this is what we do okay i'm sorry i'm like i'm kind of like i'm kind of like dumbfounded because Great. it just seems so i don't know I don't, so crazy to me yeah. you know like like you know when kid kids yeah they ride the school bus so they drive or whatever and when they have you know a standardized test i, I have to go and like shut the windows and you know, mm-hmm. but then in the middle of a standardized test sometimes you can get people coming over the intercom system right and 
So like even within the school itself, but somehow right. this massive countrywide. How many people live in live in South Korea? Is it? Uh, I want to say like forty five million. About, I want to say about thirty to forty million. Yeah. Okay, and so it's just everybody together. Yeah. Pouring into the next generation. That's that's crazy. Yeah. But you also do see, uh, and I'll tell you this: when they get to university, there's a significant amount of burnout. You you see that as well. So now we get into the downside of it on things like they've done nothing but study their entire life. Right. So by the time they get to university, a lot of them don't really know what to do with that freedom, you know, and they're just utterly burned out by it, you know, just like studying. It's like yeah, you 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 see it. It's pretty significant. Are they do they like support for that when they get to uh, see, the, see that's the other thing. No. Okay. There's really not. It's it's extremely rough. Extremely rough on a lot of them. Yeah, and like you said, you know, it's the getting that next level education is much more rigorous than it is at least I believe in the United States. Yeah. I think I, I felt yeah. like getting my masters was easier than getting my bachelor's. Oh. Exactly. So yeah, man. I mean, I, I love, I mean, when I was getting my bachelor's, it felt like I was jumping through hoops, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, I was like, all right, I gotta get this. Oh, no, I gotta have this. I gotta have this. My master's degree was discussion. It was applicable research, things that I knew I was going to actually be using the entire right. time. And that, and I think I enjoyed it a lot more. My bachelor's degree, I was like, eh, yeah, great. <laughs> yeah. You eventually got yours from UMSL, right? But you started at Wabash. I was at Wabash uh, originally, and then once I realized that teaching was the thing for me, probably be best to go somewhere that had a dedicated uh, education program. Are you a teacher? I am not. I am oh. not. Uh, born and raised in St. Charles. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. I I lived in Indiana for about 13 years of my life. Nah, I got gotcha. So, okay. well, you chose an all-boys school to start your... Yeah, it was a, it was a, they had a interesting program. Okay. And I liked it. It very, uh, very intense, but also at the same time, uh, it felt different than going to, you know, a large school where you're a number as opposed to Wabash where they had 800 guys. Right. And what is that? You know, it's like, yeah, I could recognize, I may not have known everybody by name, but you knew most people by sight. Right. Yeah. It's like, oh yeah, that guy. Oh yeah, that guy. My wife went to a a school, just went to Hanover College in Indiana. Oh, sure. And they called it Hanover High School (laughs) (laughs) because it was so small and everybody knew everybody. Right. I don't mean to keep bouncing around. I just, that's the thought that popped into my head. As far as student mentality, mm. how would you compare the American student to the to the Korean student in terms of their personal viewpoint on education and how important it is to them to them? I know you said as an overarching state and as a right. family unit, but is there is there a whole lot more buy-in into education as for a teenager in Korea than there is for one in the United States? Yes, yes, without a doubt. Students in Korea are, I guess you could say, kind of shown the light at the end of the tunnel. Like, okay. this is what it's for. 
this is what you're going. If you have this, you can be this. If you do these things, you can have this. And it's very easy for them to buy into that because, like, they see it. It's like, you want to be a doctor? You study these things. You want to be a lawyer? You study these things. You can do it. And there it is. Uh, and also, I mean, there's a lot of competition in class to make sure that you're the head of the, you know, you, you're first in class. Okay. They, to them, you know, I mean, there's, <laughs> it's literally, there's no points for second place. Right. You know, it's, it's what it is. You know, there's heavy competition to, you know, to be the top. If you're not first, you're last. Yes. Okay. Like, why aren't you first? What did you do wrong? I was like, there's this Jerry Seinfeld bit about the guy that got the silver medal. Right. And he talks about the, the guys that were in like the, the hundred meter sprint or, or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And, and, it, and, you know, they go and everybody knows who the, who the guy who got the gold is. Yeah. And the guy in third place is like, well, at least I got something. Yeah. And, and then the guy who's second place is going to get asked the rest of his life. So what happened? Did you trip? Did you fall? Did you did not hear the gun go off? Did, 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 you know, what? So uh, that's interesting. Yeah, it's uh, it's a it's thing, but uh, it's easy for them to buy in because they see it. Right. If you do these things, you'll get into college. You'll get your college. You'll get your good job. Is there so much? So like the American education system seems like everybody should be. It's kind of like a rounded. You're you're well rounded as an yeah. individual and so you take all these different core classes and things like that are you yeah. sort of tracked into your career in korea as opposed to more the general very, education track very much so and it comes down a lot of uh, what your family tells you you're going to do <laughs> okay <laughs> and and that's you know i mean and that's where that's where it comes in with the whole uh, patriarchal and matriarchal kind of you know ideals there it's like no 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 the head of your family is going to tell you how you're going to help the family. And I remember a friend of mine, uh, his wife, uh, she was, she really, really, really wanted to become a doctor. Um, it was, it was a thing. She, she totally wanted it. And in the end of the, uh, thing, as she was growing up, her, uh, father died and her brother kind of became the head of the family. And he said, Nope, you're going to be a teacher. And you can just stop midway through whatever and she, well, she was uh, she was in high school at the time so you know it's kind of a nothing's defined yet but he's like nope you're gonna be a teacher she's like okay <laughs> <laughs> and okay. she became a teacher you know and that was that was it you know I mean, she's a very good teacher i mean without a doubt no doctor for you right so why'd you make that decision to come back That was part one of my interview with Brian Bergulain. If you would like to listen to part two about Brian's decision to come back to the United States and how he is battling MS while teaching, check it out on Monday on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, CastBox, or on Spotify, or also on EducatorEscape.com. To get updates on the podcast, you can follow me on Twitter at EducatorEscape. Like the Facebook page at Educator Escape or follow the brand new Instagram page at Educator Escape. If you're looking for a little bit more content, you want to check out some old episodes, go check out EducatorEscape.com for any content you may have missed. 
this week or in past weeks, including the blog entry about school supply shopping mentality. So go check that out. Hope you all enjoy your weekend, and I will see you on Monday.